Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to episode number 55 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good pals in real life and my bitter rivals in fantasy, and that is Nathan McDonald. Rams to the Super Bowl! And Micah Burge. Who day? Yeah, so we had some nice games. We'll go ahead and get into those there. Um, I finally got got some right. I picked them, picked them right going to the Super Bowl. I've had a pretty bad playoff pick record coming into this, but I got the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Chiefs, and uh, then I had the Rams beating the 49ers. But, yeah, let's talk about both of these games. So uh, we'll start off with the Chiefs and the Bengals uh yeah nate what 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 are your thoughts about that game with with burrow usurping uh patrick mahomes for the afc title this year yeah that was awesome uh i mean they were for lack of a better term they were getting their shit kicked in the Bengals were in the first half and then patrick mahomes made a really dumb play throwing short to tyreek hill and ran the clock out uh, at the end of the half and they just like it was all Bengals from there and Jeroboro stayed cool like he always does, got ice running through his veins, and he made it happen. And, uh, yeah, like, honestly, the Chiefs were doing a pretty good job stacking up on Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins just kept bringing down basically everything that was thrown to him, and he had a really good game, and Mixon did his thing on the ground. So, yeah, awesome performance by the Bengals. I'm happy for him. For sure. What about you, Micah? Yeah, you can just see it, like, in Burrow and Chase's eyes, like, how elite they are. Like, that touchdown, like you said, T. Higgins tore him apart, but, like, Jamar came away with that huge touchdown late. And it was just one of those games where, like, I know a thing about blowing leads. And what happens is that sometimes you just lay everything out there and a team takes advantage of. Bengals took advantage of everything that the Chiefs kept giving them. So, um, good job, Bengals. It was incredible. The Chiefs. Oh my God, dude. They, after what they did against Buffalo to just come out and blow a lead like that at home. Um, yeah, that's, that's inexcusable. And that's probably going to be a black guy or a black mark on Mahomes' career. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's definitely what I was going to focus on. I, I, that was an absolute collapse. I mean, as Falcons fans, as dog fans, we've watched this happen to our mm-hmm. own teams, but to see it happen to another team, and one that you really wouldn't have. Ex- I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, there was that play at the end of the, the half that started it, but I mean, he had like, you know, eight seconds in the pocket a lot. And he was just not, he wasn't moving his feet back there. He was getting sacks, Look, but he threw, he threw an interception, you know, to, to end it. So that's what we think of, but like the play before that, he got sack fumbled and luckily it got recovered, uh, mm. recovered by the offense. But uh, it looked like he was, or it wasn't the play before that. It was the drive before overtime, but uh, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, he, he, he almost gave the game away multiple times and then he did give the game away. So, um, you know, of course, you know, this doesn't take anything away from his fantasy value or anything, but it's just crazy to watch uh, the chiefs implode like that for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, it's football for you. Like, yeah, dude, I, I, I forgot what I looked up the odds were, but if you bet some money on, on the Bengals winning the championship at the beginning of the year, you cashed out, man. Yeah, <laughs> yep. nobody yep. was saying Oof. that. We all had the Bengals as the, the last place team in our preseason breakdowns in their conference. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in their division, that is. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it's uh, we were all wrong about that, and I think most people probably were, but um. Anyways, uh, let's get into the second game. And, uh, you know, that was the Rams getting over on the 49ers finally. 
uh, after six games of the 49ers beating them, they won the one that counts the most. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy G, this is probably his, in fact, he's already kind of said he's, he's going to be traded and he wants to go to a team that wants to win. So we kind of have clear answers now, um, as to what's going to happen with him, but you know, he didn't play a terrible first half, especially, and, you know, he made some good throws, but ultimately, uh, you know, he just can't get the ball down the field and, you know, did the one touchdown they did have Debo, you know, did all the work there. And, uh, then of course with that, he, the, he with had the, another uh, passing touchdown as well to Kittle. That's right. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, and that was a good throw. That was a great throw, but, um, but yeah, you know, so, uh, I do think he's definitely going to get picked up by another team and he'll, he'll almost certainly be the starter unless he's going to a team that has a, you know, some serious competition. I don't, know who that would be off the top of my head but um yeah you know i really think he's most likely going to be a starter so if you have him in dynasty leagues you know hold on to him might um you know might have a worse situation than what he's going to uh what he's going to might be a worse situation than what he's in right now is what i mean to say but uh you know either way it's a starting quarterback most likely so uh any go uh, pass to our resident rams fan and uh you know i kind of talked about the 49ers but uh, what are your thoughts about the rams and and you know the jimmy g situation yeah screw the niners man let's talk about the rams they're the ones that won the game uh it, it was looking pretty bleak there for a little while they had to overcome a 10 point deficit in the fourth quarter but man like matthew stafford he is as clutch as it gets there's no other way to say it i'm glad that he's finally on a good team and has been able to show that he can win. Like he's a winner. He was just on a terrible team with a terrible organization for a long time. So uh, he's, he's done an excellent job this year, did a great job coming back in this game along with cup, who was amazing. Odell Beckham had a good game, his first hundred yard receiving game with the Rams. So uh, he did well. The ground game was better than it was against the bucks. The 49ers front seven was still really good against it, but it definitely did a lot better. Uh, yeah, good good game win for the Rams. It uh, it was exciting to see, and yeah, I, I probably uh, lost a few years of my life watching it. Oh yeah, you were definitely stressed. Uh, but you know, when when we were texting, I told you going into the fourth quarter, this is Stafford's chance to cement his legacy, and you know, um, he, he did that. You know, and he 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 did throw a fourth corner interception if if I remember correctly, and he did have the pass that. Oh, should have been intercepted. Mm-hmm. And having a completely different conversation. Uh, had, did did Jaquaski if uh, Jaquaski Tart would have held on to that? But uh, but here's yeah. the thing about everybody playing that what if game is that if Cooper Cup or Skronik catches the two touchdown passes that they drop, then you know we're talking about a whole different game as well. Or if Jalen Ramsey catches that pick from Jimmy G, so. Yeah, you know, we can go around, round in circles, but uh, no, yeah. definitely. I guess just the moment that it happens, it just kind of amplifies the the you know the what ifness. But that being said, you know, he did it, and he, you know, cemented his legacy. If nothing else, he's a quarterback that went to the Super Bowl, and accompanied with the incredible statistics he had throughout his healthy years at Detroit, at least, um, you know, I think he's going to have a solid chance to get into the Hall of Fame, especially if he can win this next game. But uh, Michael, what are your thoughts? I'm glad that you said legacy because I want to talk about Kyle Shanahan for a second. I think that this game just goes on to prove that he is at least 50% to blame for the Falcons losing the Super Bowl. <laughs> that other 50% goes to Devontae Freeman. They share equal blame for what they did that night. But this is like just another blown lead. Like it's not as bad as the other two, 
I think the two yeah. Super Bowls were worse, but dude, you're still up by 10 with like the crowd is practically a home game. Like it was mostly 49ers fans there. And yeah. the fact that you just like completely fall flat on your face once again and don't go to the Super Bowl when he was just sitting there for you. Um, man, he's a great coach, but it just seems like he gets in his head late in games. It was like Sean McVay. Like, I love Sean McVay. He called a good game. He also did a bunch of stupid shit this game. Like, him burning through his timeouts. It was – oh, my God. But the anyway, challenges um, he wasted. Yep. Yeah, it was just yeah, – yeah, McVay – McVay, real quick, sorry to interrupt you, Micah, but no, yeah. McVay is brilliant calling games from behind or when he's ahead at halftime. But when he has a big lead, there he just gets a little tight sometimes. And I'm sure you were making that point just now, Micah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, and and to to Shanahan's credit, you know, I'd say among the teams that were left, at least at the quarterback position, you know, he he got him. The fact that he got him there, along with the Bengals, I don't think anybody would have had the 49ers almost going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. especially midseason when they were looking like they weren't even going to be a playoff team. So, you know, he is a great coach, but, you know, finally McVay was able to to win the game that matters. And, uh, you know, those are definitely, I think, two of the greatest, uh, you know, coaches we have in the NFL right now. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see how the 49ers adapt. I, with I, I will not call Kyle Shanahan great until I see this next season, because if he posts another losing season, because he's already three oh. out of five, he has losing seasons, three out of five head coaching years. So if he posts but one Trey more, Lance is going to start next year. I, that's what I'm saying. If he posts yeah. one more, <laughs> it's well, we'll see. But um, I will speak real quick on the Jimmy G thing, just since uh, you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought he played pretty well overall in this game. I mean, he had some throws that were obviously like there was one that should have been picked, and then there was one that was picked at the end. That one I don't blame him as much for, honestly, because it's either take a sack and it'd be like fourth and twenty, and you're backed up. Or you like toss it out to Hasty and he gets you something and makes it more manageable. And it just like went off the top of Hasty's fingers. And that's probably because he's like a midget. So, um, or a little person, I'm sorry to say. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, so Jimmy G played well. And he said afterwards that like he was surprised that his hand made it through the playoffs because he just could not, mm-hmm. he did not have the same like grip on the ball or power, you could tell. But I think he can go to like the Steelers, the Broncos po- possibly. But um, yeah, I mean, he could go to the Saints. He could go to the Bucks. I've heard him connected there. The Bucks so. is the one that I mm-hmm. think he should go to. They have the O line for him. Yeah, and they got a lot of good weapons around them. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of landing spots that I think would give him good fantasy value for for um, next year. I do like the Bucks. Would he follow in Tom Brady's footsteps and forever get the comparison again? Uh, I'd be interested to see if he cares enough. What if he was like, I'm, I'm sure going to win two Super Bowls with Tampa? So that went better than Tom. Yeah, if he yeah, outdoes yeah. Brady, then his legacy is secure. Yeah, uh, the the Bucks are going to have a lot of cap problems there, and I'm sure he's still going to want to get paid. But uh, but you know, we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, we do have some coaching news. So um, you know, last time I think uh, last episode we had had the two coaching hires uh, with the Bears. Uh Bears. And um, who was the other one last time? The Broncos. The Broncos. Ah, uh, the Broncos. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, hiring uh, Nathaniel Hackett mm-hmm. um, and with the Bears, Matt Eberflus. So we have a couple more here. Um, we just got news uh, right before we started the episode. It's been finalized with the Jags. Um, go ahead, Micah, and talk about that head coaching hire in Doug Peterson. 
Ooh, I mean, it sucks that Trent Valk is going to be the GM still, but I think Doug coming in is great because I could see him getting rid of Trent Valk in like a year. So, or maybe he just has more decision making in the draft. I mean, the dude's a Super Bowl winning coach, and he wanted he had Carson Wentz playing at an MVP level, and then he had Nick Foles, and he won a Super Bowl, and he had Nick Foles outduel Tom Brady in that Super Bowl. So I think he's a great hire for Jacksonville. They just need confidence and someone who knows how to be an NFL head coach after their last few. And I think with like Trevor Lawrence there, hopefully, you know, they can create a connection and maybe, you know, Trevor Lawrence would one day be as good as Nick Foles. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I think that there could be a lot worse hires. You know, there was these, I think it was actually released for a second that they did hire Brian Leftwich and then that was walked back and that it was almost there. And then it was the leading candidate. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I think that would have been a little bit more exciting, but this is definitely a safe play. I think, um, you know, he's going to be professional, competent. He's not going to, you know, be a clown show. Uh, will he be a Super Bowl winning coach again? I have my doubts, but that, that being said, uh, you know, uh, I do think it's it could be a lot worse, and I, I don't mind this hire at all. Uh, Nate, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I was a little bit more excited when it was left, which and getting rid of Trent Bucky. I thought that combination was better because I really don't like old Trent, but uh, it looks like he's sticking around from what Mike is saying. I, I don't like that aspect, but Doug Peterson is an accomplished head coach, and I think he does bring a, a steady presence to a team that desperately needs it. And he knows how to set the tone in a locker room and show them, all right, this is how you you run about your business in the NFL. So I like that aspect of it for sure. I just wish they could have gotten a different uh, GM. For sure. The next one we'll talk about is the Raiders hiring Josh McDaniels. Ooh. Um, that's a pretty interesting one. Um, apparently, I don't know if you guys heard this, but there was some news that, you know, he was like, I'm only going to do this interview if you're going to offer me the job. So that's mm-hmm. definitely a power. That's move. not how interviews work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, but I will say, I think he did hire, I think he did do a very extensive interview a year ago in the last, or, uh, yeah, the, or not a year ago, but, uh, when Gruden, but two years ago, uh, when before when, Gruden, or, before yeah. Gruden. Yes. Yeah. So I think they were familiar, you know, with him. And I think that's why he was comfortable saying that. Uh, but that being said, it worked. Uh, and he, uh, he got the job. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about They're that? They're like, this man has guts. We need guts. Yeah. You're maybe that's what it was, but yeah, <laughs> Micah, what are your thoughts? Dude. Um, I love it just for the fact that he pretty much came out and said how much he loves Derek Carr. So I love that they got a head coach who like wants Derek Carr to be the quarterback and continue to build the offense around him because Derek Carr is probably still the most underrated quarterback. So I love this for him. Um, dude, he is a really good offensive coordinator. And I mean, he took a Tim Tebow led Broncos to the playoffs. Like, let's not forget these things. So um, he's been in New England for a long time, lot longer time now. And we'll see what happens. But I think it'll be a good hire. Yeah, no, I think it's it's a pretty good one as well. Um, you know, I've heard he's had some personality issues in the past, mm-hmm. and he kind of addressed that in his uh, interview. If you watched it, he kind of said, my biggest regret last time was I knew football, but I didn't know people as well, and I've really had a chance to work mm-hmm. on that. So, you know, uh, I'm going to give him every, the benefit of the doubt, and, you know, um, you know, I think he, he can definitely turn this around. And Derek Carr is certainly a good uh, – quarterback to inherit um you know as a head coach then 
unfortunately, Derek Carr, this is probably is, I don't know for sure, but, you know, third or fourth systems had to uh, learn and go through now, but uh, I'm sure he'll be he able to. He produces in them all. Yes, sir. For sure. So, so yeah, hopefully he can do well. With that. Hey, any thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of indifferent to it, not, you know, hot or cold on it. If he's improved and as far as, like, becoming a better leader of men, I think it could be a good hire. Um, but we'll we'll wait and see. All right. So if I'm not mistaken, we have uh, Peterson from the Andy Reid coaching tree. Yes. Um, we have uh, we have McDaniel's from the Belichick coaching tree, and with the Vikings, it's all but finalized. We have a candidate from the McVay shining uh, coaching tree coming. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Kevin O'Connell for. It looked like it was going to be Jim Harbaugh for a couple of days, but it ends up uh, looks like Kevin O'Connell is going to get the job after the Super Bowl. Can't be finalized until their season is officially over. Uh, just to be clear, Kevin O'Connell is the Rams offensive coordinator. So um, yeah, I think this this should be really good for Kirk Cousins. I'm assuming that's what they want to do. Keep him and move forward. Who knows? Maybe Kellen Mond will be starting next year. But uh, but no, I think uh, you know it'll be interesting to see. How, Nate, how long has he been there uh, with 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 the Rams? Kevin O'Connell, do you know? Uh, I'm not sure about years in total. He's just, uh, only been the OC for one year, but I think he was the quarterbacks coach before that. But I'm not 100. percent Okay, yeah. Last year, you know, they lost Brandon Staley, their defensive coordinator. Um, at, at this point, they churn them out all the time, so uh, it's kind of just nameless faces at this point. Definitely, two yeah. Years, so. Two years with the Rams. Two years. Hey, with two the- years with McVay. Qualification enough. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm but sure. honestly. You can't argue against it. He's facing Zach Taylor in the Super Bowl, so. And I'm sure he's he he you know has an extensive coaching background outside mm. of those, those two years as well. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know we'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, that we're kind of gonna have to wait and see as him being a first time head coach. Yeah, we'll see uh, if that's finalized. Uh, rumor has it, Bill Belichick is texting uh, Kevin Stefanski right now to congratulate him on getting hired. <laughs> oh yeah, well, uh, yeah. So. Um, We'll get into that in here shortly, but uh, yeah, the 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 last one uh, we will talk about uh, before we get into that, which is certainly adjacent to that, is the Giants hiring uh, Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball, uh, that is uh, with a D. Clear, yes. So, uh, which I, you know, uh, we'll get into all the controversy. Uh, you know, like I said, that's adjacent to that. But I do think this is a really good hire for them. This is probably the one I'm the most excited about as far as the situation you know josh allen people were ready to give up on him say that he was a bust and a bad quarterback and uh you know it wasn't i mean certainly um uh it wasn't all uh well who's the bills head coach uh i'm i'm sean mcdermott thank you yes Uh, you know most of uh, you know sean Sean mcdermott is the head coach so most of the credit should go to him but obviously the guy running the offense dayball uh deserves a lot of the credit as well for being able to turn josh allen's career around so hopefully he can do the same the idea i think in everybody's mind with daniel jones and hey if it doesn't work in a year then you know he should have a quarterback rich draft to to take his pick from after that with the giants they do have two good draft picks this year i think it's like seven and and nine um so five and five and seven seven? okay yeah even better so uh so yeah so they're going to be able to 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 really reload and get some young talent here on a team that already has talent uh just 
uh, has not been able to put it together. So yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the day ball uh, part of that? And then we'll get into the Flores part of that after that. Yeah. We don't have to spend too much time on the Flores stuff. It's not super fantasy relevant, but uh, yeah, Brian Dable, I agree with you. It's the higher I'm probably most excited about. Uh, I do think it's a good fit there. And I like that he gets to come in and does have some really good draft capital. If he wants to build around Daniel Jones, he can, if he wants to draft one of these quarterbacks or build a team around what he has, he, he has those choices. So uh, I like the situation for him. I came this close to shedding a tear when I saw that he got hired to the Giants because now we will know if Daniel Jones is going to be a good quarterback or not. I feel like if he can't succeed with Brian Dable there, like it's just not going to happen. So I think it's just the best hire for him and for the offense. Dude, like honestly, Kadarius Tony, who we're going to talk about later in the episode, um, I love this for him. And maybe they bring Evan Ingram back if he wants to try to use him. And the cur- <laughs> and like the correct way. I don't know what the correct way is, but I'm hoping he knows. Fingers crossed for your sake, Micah. Um, yeah. so one thing I do like, this is stupid, but uh, just they're the Giants, and Dayball really is like a giant man, like both height and mm-hmm. width. He's just huge. So it just fits. It, it, it you know, uh, I think it's going to gonna work out well. Um, again, that's not, you know, very deep analysis, but the big man is a giant. Um, all right. So – uh yeah there was a cracking analysis just <laughs> yes yes that's what i mean dude, mike oh, yeah. vrabel with the titans i mean you know he's he's done pretty well there so he's yeah, he's yeah a large man sure. yeah large man and the titans are were large i imagine there you go. We're just putting two and two together that's how these guys are making decisions in those front that's off. why you listeners tune in yes yes exactly but anyways so yes we do want to touch on this flores situation obviously suing the nfl uh brian uh, Bill Belichick uh, texted him, congratulations on getting the Giants job. This was, of course, three days before his interview was set to happen. He made an accident. Uh, he clearly yeah. was either meaning to text Brian Dayball or when the person told him, maybe he thought they were talking about Flores. Either way, wrong, Brian. Um, so definitely, I mean, look, this isn't a good look. I've heard, you know, the, you know, Flores is kind of a divisive character. He's been a, you know, a, I think he, a, a very deserving coach as far as I don't think he should have been fired from the Dolphins, but you know, there's problems with the front office, which he details uh, his side of that uh, in his uh, lawsuit, but uh, you know, being paid to take for draft picks and all this. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's probably going to get messy. It's going to be really interesting to see ultimately, you know, uh, Bill Belichick will have to, either come forward or not come forward about where he got his sources. And that's really the only place this can go. Um, you know, there was other allegations about it. Other. other, Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, a lot of this is still unfolding other allegations against the Denver Broncos and John Elway from an interview in, uh, you know, 2019. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot and you guys will all turn in that not going to be super fantasy relevant unless maybe some teams lose draft picks, um, which I think, yeah. uh, you know, the, the giants could be in danger of that happening, but, um, we will see. That's all. That's all we can say about that. Uh, anything you yeah. guys want to add before we move on and, uh, cover these 2021 rookie wide receivers. Um, yeah, I like no matter which way you fall on his lawsuit, whether you agree with it or not, like we can all acknowledge that it must have been a gut punch that getting that Belichick text and, you know, just like thinking you might have a sh- 
shot at a job and then it being just you getting texted as the wrong dude that, that has to suck so i feel for him there um you know we're we're in wait and see as far as what's going to be uncovered here but it's probably going to be a lot of lawyers uh, and uh yeah we'll let them figure it out but uh, like you said not super fancy relevant but it's not even the off season yet and we're already starting off with bang yeah no the nfl is always a crazy ride it uh so year-round entertainment there is no off season never is no off season um all right guys let's get into it let's cover um these 2021 hey, rookie hey, wide receivers oh go ahead micah sorry you had thoughts. we just have one thing to talk about before we get started because it's going to get brought up later oh, okay. um a team has changed their name to the washington commanders ah good that call micah. now that is now a thing that, yeah yeah that let's talk about that just briefly <laughs> we kind of texted about it i like it yeah. i think um you know i don't mind it it's it, it I don't mind the good. name. I don't like the uniforms. And the I like, I I like the, the black uniforms. So I mean, yeah. the other ones look very similar to the ones they had last year, just with a different W and font. Um, so it, it's hard to make a black uniform. Uni- on the forehead. Well, I'll say it's hard to make a black uniform with any amount of yellow and not look like the Steelers. And I think they did a decent job of that. So I, I don't think the uniforms are bad. I actually kind of like them. It looks like it looks like Iowa State's black jerseys. But yeah, it is. It is, it will be nice to not, uh, you know, the commander. It was football does, team. It does roll off a little bit. I mean, I've heard people saying wishing they kept the football team. I really don't. I did not. They think should have gone with the red. Funnier. I thought they, so they kept it they still too have red long. In the name. Like. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there was probably maybe reasons not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was probably a focus group uh, that this advised yeah, against. It. You know, I, it's it's like. Oh, don't, you know, don't call me a, yeah, yeah anyways, yeah, you just slightly. Insert you know, funny anyways, analogy. Anyways, that's all right. Yeah, I, did, I will say I did see, uh, <laughs> I did see uh, red tails. I thought that was okay. But again, I think there are reasons to probably just stay away yeah. from red. And hey, yeah. commanders, we can always just say, call them the commies <laughs> and they're in our yes, capital. The uh, so, you know. They're taking over I, the cap. I dig it. Cap- that's right. We finally won the won the we. battle, guys. Right, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, at least if they win the Super Bowl, workers of the world Falcons unite. What do you say? If if they win the Super Bowl, it counts as the Falcons winning it too. Well, whatever you sure. need, Micah. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Because the commies. Why? They're gonna share oh. the Super Bowl. Yeah, they share. They share it. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Took, took me a minute. All right, good, good one, good one, good. One. Onwards. All right, yes. <laughs> Washington Commanders. Uh, so we'll get used to saying that. Um, so, anyways, let's go. Um, twenty twenty one wide receiver reviews. rookie re so we'll Get into our. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah we'll get into our preseason ranks uh, first, as we always do, to give you transparency about where we had these guys, maybe inform you about where some of our biases might lie, and also um, just uh, you know have fun and and poke at each other about the ones we missed. And to be honest, for me, I'll start it out here. I probably uh, missed the most on these. I mean, it's, there's some that are fine, but just there are some guys I really wish I had ranked higher and some guys I really wish I had ranked lower. So um, number one, I had Jamar Chase. I think we all did. So thank God we all did that. I think most people with eyes would have said that, but that being said, Devonte looked great on film, ran incredible routes and Jamar was sitting out for the year before. So, you know, that was the only concern, but he 
came out and, you know, showed us there's no reason to be concerned, especially him being tied to Burrow. Uh, so, yeah. Um, number two, I had uh, Devontae Smith. Number three, I had Jalen Waddell. Number four, I had Rashad Bateman. Number five, I had Terrace Marshall. Lakeview Number Terrace. Six, the, yep, Lakeview Terrace. Number six, I had Rondell Moore. Number seven, I had Elijah Moore. Number eight, I had Amon Ross St. Brown. Number nine, I had Kadarius Toney. Number 10, I had Dwayne Eskridge. And number 11, I had Amari Rogers. And number 12, I had Deami Brown. I will continue with mine. Someone else. <laughs> I thought Mike was taking it and I was leaving <laughs> the floor open. Right. So, um, number one, Jamar Chase, like we said. Um, I had Jalen Waddle at number two, uh, Devontae Smith at number three, Terrace Bumass Marshall at number four. <laughs> what a lie him and Joe Brady are. Number five, Kadarius Tony. Number six, Rondale Moore. Number seven, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, number eight, Elijah Moore. Number nine, Diami Brown. Number 10, Rashad Bateman. And number 11, Josh Palmer. And number 12, Nico Collins. All right. All right. And for me, I uh, also had Jamar Chase, number one. Devontae Smith, two. Three is Jalen Waddle. Number four, Elijah Moore. Five, Kadarius Toney. Six, Amon Ross St. Brown. Seven, Rashad Bateman. Eight, Rondale Moore. Nine, Diame Brown. Ten, Lakeview Terrace Marshall. Eleven, Amari Rogers. And twelve, Nico Collins. Yeah, good on you for being low on Terrace Marshall. Um, all right, so let's jump into our current ranks. Um, obviously, Jamar Chase is <laughs> – Needs to be all of our number one. I mean, he's yeah. the number one dynasty receiver. Uh, you can make an argument, I guess, for Justin Jefferson, but I just think being tied to Joe Burrow for, you know, as mm-hmm. long as they're probably healthy for the rest of their careers. is, is And his uh, head coach ain't changing. Yeah, uh, yeah, at least for, the, for, for a good amount of time. So, yeah, you know, um, it looks great. I mean, I think him and T. Higgins are the greatest – you know, wide receiver combo in the NFL right now. And they're both so young that they can stay that for a very long time. So uh, it's, it's exciting to see, but uh, yeah. Any more analysis you guys want to give on Jamar chase? I mean, maybe if one of you guys just want to read the stats off for the people. Um, yeah. but... I, I can do a by the numbers here. So he finishes the wide receiver five overall with 305 points. This is in uh, PPR leagues. Uh, he was also wide receiver five in points per game, 18 points per game. He had he broke the rookie receiving record for yardage at 1,455 yards and had 13 touchdowns on 81 receptions. So, yeah, just an incredible year. And it's crazy he did so well on only – I mean, I say only 81 receptions, but I, I guarantee you a lot of the guys that are up there in them with the ranks, I think he finished five or six on the year. Um, you know, a lot of them had, you know, closer to 90, 100 receptions. So – uh, yeah, that just shows how explosive he was and how, how long a lot of his targets, how many, how much air yards he was getting. So, yeah, uh, he guess. averaged, he averaged almost 18 yards per reception, which is just ludicrous. That's mad in numbers. So, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Micah, anything else to add to that before we move on to number two? 
Um, I mean, obviously, we've all seen Jamar play this year and seen what he's done in fantasy. But if someone hasn't, all they got to do is look at his stats and then just watch his highlights from his rookie season. And it's absurd that this guy is 21 years old and he was a rookie after taking a year off. So mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. He's honestly my wide receiver one overall in like dynasty, not just this rookie class wide receiver one. Right, so right, right. Yep. It's very impressive what I've seen from this man. And he's like, man, I, I think he's going to end up being better and that's saying something, but like, he reminds me a bit of Steve Smith and that he's not like DK Metcalf mm-hmm. where he's just a freak athlete. He's just a dog. He just like, he just fucks people up. He takes the ball away. He breaks tackles. He's just a dog. Um, yeah. For each of these guys, I did just kind of write down a risk. If I could think of one for him, it was hard. Uh, but one thing is like for next year, I could see teams like stacking more coverage over to him and that might force more targets over to T Higgins way, who I think did actually edge him out and target share this year. Uh, it was really close, but uh, I think Higgins edged him out. So that would be one concern is just with how explosive he is, they might say, all right, we'd rather die by Higgins than let Jamar run free. So. Yeah. And there, if you look at it, there weren't a lot of games where one, I mean, there would be games where it was fine starting both of them, but typically one would have a super explosive game and the other one would be kind of held down. So I, I expect that for either one of these guys, but uh, you know, I think the upside is just a little bit higher with chase just because of the nature of his down the field targets and, you know, his touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Once they get down to the red zone, it seems to be a little bit more T Higgins, but you know, you can't be in the red six, zone. Four. <laughs> right. But you can't be in the red zone if you catch a 70 yard pass in houses. So, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's, what's going on there. But anyways, uh, Let's uh, move on uh, to number two. Uh, we might have a un- unanimous number two as well, but we'll let Nate get into it first. Uh, yes, I had to go with Mr. Jalen Waddle. Micah, congratulations on calling this one. But yeah, he, he had a very good rookie year. He broke the uh, rookie record for receptions, had 104 receptions, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he finished as the wide receiver 14 overall. And, uh, yeah, wide receiver 15 in points per game. So uh, I was high on him. I am ashamed to say that I uh, picked Kenny Gainwell over him, and it haunted me throughout the season. So uh, Jalen Waddle was awesome, and uh, he didn't have much for, like, injury concerns throughout the year. So he was really uh, good as far as that goes. So, um, yeah, as far as, like, risks that I can think of for him, it's just, like, I would hope that his efficiency improves going forward just because his yards per reception was way lower than you would expect. So it was, um, you know, 9.8 yards per reception, which is, you know, almost half of what Jamar Chase was getting. So I'm just, just hoping that improve and he can get more yards per reception and uh, make the most of his touches. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, it's another both of these guys he's my number two as well both of both of these guys ended up with their college quarterback at least the quarterback they played most of their college career with so um it's i think there's an instant connection for both of them that's something you can really be happy with going forward and it seems like with Tua, i mean the dolphins have pretty much gone all in you know they got rid of flores over him and um it's that's who they're going to be moving forward with. So uh, new head coach hasn't been decided for them uh, along with the saints, along with, is there anybody else? The Texans, 
Uh, but, uh, but yeah, those three teams still need to figure out what they're doing, but, uh, you know, I think Jalen Waddle's pretty well insulated and there are some other receivers there. They're both kind of old. Will Fuller was on a one-year contract. He's going to be gone. I'm not sure what Devonte Parker's situation is like, uh, contract wise, but he'll um, be there next year. Okay, good. Well, I think that's honestly good for Waddle. I mean, to have another guy that can, you know, uh, threaten coverages uh, there. So, so definitely uh, looking forward to that moving forward. Micah, um, you had him number two moving uh, in your preseason ranking, so I'm guessing you didn't drop him based off of his uh, actually rookie record-setting performance in number of catches. No, yeah, he he's my number two as well. Like he he looked very good. He proved why he was considered better than Devontae before their last year at Bama, before Devontae blew up and won the Heisman. But um, I, I, maybe I could just like shift into my number three as well here because I have Devontae Smith at number three. But the gap between him and Waddle was actually closed for me, even though I was higher on Waddle and he had this amazing season. Devontae proved that he belongs in the NFL. Like, he proved me, like, wrong. There's a lot of times he's just wide open, and Jalen Hurts just missed him absolutely completely. Like, he proved that he could just go out there and play and that his size is not a factor. Maybe injury will be, but, like, he played so – I don't think he missed any games, correct, this year? Uh, right. He may have missed one. Right. He might have had a COVID miss, but I, I don't think he was injured. Yeah, um, I'll check on that while you continue. But, yeah, he, he was durable for sure. Yeah, no, um, he looked great, and I really think that um, with this wide receiver class coming up and the Eagles having three first-rounders, that they're going to get another wide receiver, and that's going to take a lot of pressure off Devontae, and then hopefully they finally are smart and they start Minshew over Jalen Hurts so they can actually get Devontae the ball. But, um, no, nah, dude, he, he looked very good his rookie year, and so did Waddle. Like, Waddle, like you said, with the reception record, he looked great. And what's crazy is, like, he's not even getting deep balls – because a lot of his plays were like short passes from Tua. And that's where he really excels down the field. So when he can get a quarterback who can really um, launch the ball, oh, man. But, um, yeah, so Waddle 2, Devontae 3, and it's kind of ridiculous. They were teammates, and that, like, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were teammates. Damn SEC. <laughs> yeah, so I'll bounce off you there. I also have Devontae number 3, but, uh, you know, I disagree a little bit of your analysis. I mean, look, I know – Jalen Hurts, he still has played 20 games. I mean, not, not even because he didn't st- – he was injured this year. He's probably started 15, 16 games. I mean, basically, he's had a rookie year. He would have been the best rookie this year far far and away. And Devontae Smith was still the, the – broke the Eagles record for a rookie receiver uh, getting – uh, 960 something yards i think he just fell short of a thousand but uh, he would have but penalties pulled a lot and like dude he got fucked on penalties right so you know uh that being said i don't he didn't have a bad season now compared to these guys that went scorched earth like like jamar and waddle it, it might feel lackluster but i don't think there's any reason to be worried about him i mean i think he's the most t- he's also my number three because i think just separating situation because situation can change i think he is the most talented uh receiver uh that we haven't named yet and uh you know, I, I honestly think whether it's hurts or whether they do end up moving on forward, like I'm not that worried 
if Hertz is going to be the, the franchise quarterback. I'm not saying he is, but I'm still leaving room for that to happen because he still has room to grow. Like I said, it, it feels like he's been around longer, but, but, you know, he only started three or four games his actual rookie year. So um, I, I think he did a good enough job getting the ball to Devontae. There were some games where he wasn't targeted enough, but getting a thousand yards almost your rookie year, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, but Nate, who do you got number three? Our first deviation is who I've got. This was really, Ooh. really close for me, but I had to give the nod to Mr. Elijah Moore. Man, right. this guy is an incredible talent in his own right. Uh, he was better than Devontae Smith was in points per game. He averaged 12.6 and uh, Smith was 10.9. And yeah, I, he, he was in a worse situation, no doubt about it. I mean, his quarterback was a true rookie. He got injured. And when his rookie quarterback was playing his get uh, best at the end of the season, uh, he wasn't there for five of those final six games. So, yeah, even without uh, being with Wilson at his best, he had a seven-game stretch after the week six bye where he averaged 17.7 points per game, had three games over 20 points, and only one game under 10 points. So he's shown the ability to me, like he missed time this year, but when he was on the field, he was incredibly explosive. He was the number one option for Wilson, and he didn't even get the best of him. So I think next year Wilson's going to take a step. I think Moore will take a step, and both those guys healthy and with some experience. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a very good combination. And, like, there's a misconception also that Elijah Moore plays, like, exclusively out of the slot. He took the majority of his snaps outside. He can play both outside, inside. He was taking, uh, he was getting handoffs as well. He had like five rushes for 54 yards or and a touchdown, I believe. So, yeah, he's he's just a playmaker, and I like his. I view him and Smith very closely as far as talent, but I had to give the nod to uh, Elijah because I like his situation better. Yeah, yeah, I can't blame you there. I mean, he had went scorched earth, absolutely. Uh, while while he was uh, going through that stretch. I'm surprised his points per game weren't a little bit higher, but I do get, I, I guess, at the very beginning of the season, maybe he wasn't on the field as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's, can't blame you there. Uh, I think for me, three through five are really hard to rank. Um, we all did number three, so uh, I'll go ahead and do number four. Uh, again, I think Devontae, uh, my number four guy here, and number five can all be super, super close, but I did – Edge out of Monroe St. Brown at number four. Um, look, guys, I'm gonna let the people know. I've been, I've been, I think I might have already talked about it, but I lost basically, I could have won 900 more dollars this year in fantasy if I would have started Amon Ross St. Brown in two leagues that I and in the championship that I didn't start him in. So I am not going to fade him again. I'm not, I'm, I've learned my lesson. He just went complete. I mean, I think he was the dynasty, uh, not dynasty, sorry, overall wide receiver uh, two uh, in the last five games of the season, uh, right behind Cooper Cup. So it's just, um, you know, that kind of upside is super exciting. And that kind of upside was shown not only with just Jared Goff, with David Blau. Like literally, he was out there killing it the last two weeks with David Blau. So if David Blau and him are killing it, like I just like saying this name. <laughs> I, well, I just I can't believe he's a real man, but much less a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
Yeah, David Blau. How are yeah, you? Yeah, doesn't I think the around the NFL has a segment about like the Blau hards or something? But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, the, I digress. Uh, yeah, fantasy footballers says David Blau, <laughs> like <laughs> Transylvania. But fucking anyways, fuck him. Dead uh, <laughs> St. Brown. Uh, <laughs> Monroe St. Brown can do it with anybody if he can do it with Blau. Is my point. So, uh, I, I think. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. I think they might bring in another receiver. Um, you, hopefully, I don't think they're going to do it in the first round. They do have two first round picks being the lions, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think without a doubt, he's going to be uh, a piece moving forward that uh, Campbell is going to absolutely build around. And uh, yeah, he's my number four, but it is very, very close. Uh, I honestly thought about putting him at three over Devonte, um, but uh, I do think Devonte is just a little bit better of an actual talent, just in a worse situation. So, uh, go ahead, Micah, and give us your number four. Oh boy! So I have someone we haven't talked about yet, and this might be a little unpopular, but I think that Kadarius Tony is going to be one bad motherfucker in the NFL. Like, dude, I he didn't get a lot of like chances to like shine and show what he can do, but. My God almighty, when he did, like, that Cowboys game, like, his shiftiness that I saw when he was at Florida, I wasn't sure how it was going to translate to the NFL. Dude, it's translated immaculately. Like, Brian Dable is now part of that team. I think that offense is just going to get better. I think he's going to be, like, a PPR god. Like, I, dude, I'm getting on the Kadarius Tony train. And when I go through the rest of my receivers, I kind of think like three through eight for me in this class are like really close to each other. Like I think when I have my overall wide receiver dynasty rankings that they're going to be falling like a lot in the same area. So, but I think Darius Tony is special. So he is my number four wide receiver. All right. So we're starting to deviate a good bit here. This is where it gets interesting. Um, Nate, who do you got at number four? Yeah, I, I like the Kadarius Tony love. Uh, I, I do. I, I'm not quite sure how you put him over Elijah Moore, but I do like him a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, Devontae Smith is my number four here. Um, and I, I agree with Micah to an extent in that, like, it's really close. I mean, even like Elijah Moore and Jalen Waddle are pretty close for me, but like, you know, number three to like, I would say number six, I feel like there's a drop off after that. Um, a small tier drop off and then uh, the next group of guys. But anyway, Devonte Smith comes in at number four for me and he, yeah, it, he doesn't have as much concerns as some of the guys below him. That's why he's up this high and he deserves to be because he had almost a thousand yards this year. He had 64 receptions and 916 receiving yards and five TDs, um, you know, wide receiver 31 overall uh, wasn't quite as good in points per game, uh, but you know, he was wide receiver 44 there. But uh, part of that was due to the fact that he had, you know, 104 targets and only 64 receptions. So 64 receptions and 40 incompletions, um, not not a good ratio. And, and a lot of that does fall on Hertz. I mean, uh, Hertz you know, had a completion percentage this year of 61.3 percent, and uh, it was only slightly better of 61.5 when targeting Smith. So. Um, yeah, that's he, he I, part of that I'm sure is because he hurt his ankle and was playing through that for a lot of the second half, but he does need to improve there. It was a struggle for him in college. It was a struggle for him his first year. Uh, he, he's got to get better there for Smith to really, you know, take the most of his targets, but, uh, incredible receiver, obviously Heisman winner for a reason. And, uh, he comes in at number four for me. 
All right. Yeah. So um, we all got Smith in there. Um, yeah, I can't blame you at all for for having Elijah Moore above him. Um, you know, I think, uh, like you said, he if he would have paced out a season, he would have ended ended the season better. And uh, you know, I would argue in a worse situation. That, regardless of how you feel about Jalen Hurts, I think the Eagles were much more steady overall um, this this year. So, um, mm-hmm. you know definitely not going to fight you too much there. Elijah Moore is my number five. Uh, we all did our number four. So um, yeah, I, you know, I think he has tremendous upside. I think he has higher upside than, than probably anybody maybe except Jason Waddle. Um, you know, he did get injured this year. He's a little bit smaller. He's not tiny, but you know, he's a little bit smaller than some of these other guys could be injury concerns in the future, but I, you know, I'm, I probably fade injury more than, either of these other two guys, I'd say I, I, uh, everybody's going to get injured at some point, probably even Derek Henry did at this point. So, you know, I'm not going to fade guys too hard, but, uh, but you know, I, you know, he did get injured this year where most of these other guys stayed healthy and, you know, I still, I am also the lowest on Zach Wilson. I still think Zach Wilson is a good quarterback and Elijah Moore is going to be his number one option. So, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. They might bring it. This is another team that might bring in a really solid. I could see them getting, you know, a Drake London or something like that this year. And maybe that would kind of change my, or maybe even somebody in free agency that would, you know, maybe make me think, Oh, could they be threatened as the alpha? Or could, could Elijah Moore be threatened as the alpha, but no matter what, he's going to have a solidified role, I guess five to seven targets every single game. Uh, so, um, you know, I think he's very safe and as long as he can st- you know, stay healthy. He probably has a lot of upside and I, and I can't blame Nate for being a little bit higher on him than me, but, uh, but yeah, he comes in at my number five. So uh, Nate, who do you have at number five? Number five, Mr. Amon Ra St. Brown. Um, I believe I was the highest of the three of us on this guy as well. I, I thought of him a lot of like a Robert Woods guy. He doesn't have burning speed or anything, but really good route runner and catches the ball well. And man, he, he exceeded my expectations. He was uh, actually the third best rookie in points per game at 13.4. He finished as a wide receiver 22 overall. And yeah, he had uh, 90 receptions, 912 uh, yards and five touchdowns and added seven receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So he's one of those guys that can get touches out of the backfield on sweeps or, you know, I, I think they might've even used him in wildcat on a snap this year, but anyway, uh, yeah, better, better rookie season than Megatron. And anyone can do that. You, you have talent. I don't care what your situation is. Uh, the reason he does fall bef- below some of these other guys is that he, you know, I'll talk about his amazing run in a second, but five of those games he did have like Hawkinson and Swift both absent. So, you know, he wasn't as effective with those guys earlier in the season. Now it always takes rookies, you know, some time to get going early in the season anyway. So um, you expect him to get better as the season goes on, but I do have to factor that in and that his role might reduce a little bit with those guys coming back just because Swift is so effective as a slot receiver himself. But yeah, I mean, that span you were talking about is uh, 25.3 points per game over his final six games. Um, and five of the six games were over 23 points. So it was ridiculous. Uh, his lowest score in that span was over 15 points. So he had some really high upside. And, uh, yeah, if he can continue any part or any, like, portion of that, 60%, 70% of that, he's going to be an awesome uh, receiver for you next year. For sure, for sure. Micah, who you got coming in at five? 
Me and you had the same five, Josiah. I was kind of shocked by that. I got Elijah Moore, too. Um, no, nah, dude, he, he looked really good. I wish he could have played more. Um, but, you know, he looked good whenever Zach Wilson wasn't there, which really surprised me and gives me really good hope for him going forward. And, dude, they're going to get talent around on that offense. Like, it's only going to get better for him here on out. Like, I don't think they're going to spend money on a wide receiver, but they got the 10th pick in the draft. So they could possibly get, you know, Traylon Birch or Garrett Wilson to pair up with him and Corey Davis. Use that early second on, like, maybe Trey McBride if he's there. Like, they could really do a lot of things with that offense going forward. But they have good draft capital. Um, I think Elijah's going to really, like, feast from it. Because, like you said, Nathan, when he's in the slot, um, the man's just deadly. So I love it for him. I love the situation, um, especially with how I think Zach Wilson's going to turn out. And since Elijah's been there from day one. Um, I think it's really going to help them. So he is my fifth wide receiver in this class. So for me, after number five here, there's just a little bit of a tear break, but there's still guys I'm really excited about. But I just want to do a little exercise here. I'm going to throw out a couple names, and whoever your number five is, I just want want you to tell me if you'd take them in Dynasty. Um, so, um, you know, maybe we'll start with Amari Cooper. Would you rather have – so for me, uh, for me and Micah – our number five is uh, is is Elijah Moore. So yeah, and your number five is is who Nate? Uh, Amon Ra. Right. So would you rather have Amon Ra or us have uh, uh, Elijah Moore than than uh, than Amari Cooper? In Dynasty, I'd probably go yeah with Amon Ra. Elijah Moore, it's yeah, no questions. But uh, yeah, I know it is for you. But yeah, uh, for your number five spot. Uh, but Amon Ra. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would take him over Cooper. All right, what about Calvin Ridley? Oh, sorry, go ahead and answer, answer the first Yeah, question. Micah, your opinion? <laughs> I would take my top eight wide receivers over Amari Cooper. Oh, okay, boy. okay, okay, all right. Yes. So what about Calvin Ridley? What about Calvin Ridley? No. You'd take Calvin Ridley over, over number five? I would, take, I would take Calvin Ridley over Devontae Smith. Okay. All right. Yeah. What about Deontay Johnson? You know, going to have be in flux a little bit with a new quarterback situation, but uh, you know, is, is, is he somebody you'd rather have than, than your number five guy here? I think for me, this is the, I think I'd rather have Deontay Johnson than, than Elijah Moore, but it's, it's close. That might not be true. I don't know. It'd be a really tough decision sitting there staring at it, but uh, especially not knowing who the quarterback's going to be for, for Steelers yet. But um you know, I think that's a close one there. You know, I got to give the Steelers organization the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get a competent and good quarterback for that team. And I feel like Deontay's just kind of a late bloomer, and he's just proved it the last two years. So I, I would say Deontay. All right. Nate, let you close it up, and then we'll keep going with our rankings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's close, but Johnson has proved it already, so I'll go with him. I mean, Amon Ra has, but he hasn't done as much with his whole team healthy. Yeah, and I think Deontay is still 24 years old, so still very young. I, I mean, you know, like 25. He'll be 26 next year. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. so still, still, you know, not, not anything to worry about as far as age. But um, all right, so uh, moving on to number six. Micah, who do you got at your number six spot? I have someone who climbed up my rankings a good bit from the back end and it is mr rashad bateman 
I did not like his tape much in college. I was much lower on him than all you and a lot of people in the fantasy community. I was wrong on Rashad. And I really think here's the thing with what Mark Andrews did this past year and the connection that Lamar and Hollywood have like Bateman's going to get so many short passes and gets open so much because defense is going to be worrying about them and the run game because J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards is going to be back. So I think Rashad Bateman's situation could be like the best thing that it could be because there are so many times, especially late on in the season, Lamar would always look for him for like a first down whenever they needed it. So especially in the leagues where you get points for first downs, I think Rashad Bateman is going to be very valuable. And, um, yeah, he climbed all the way from 10 up to 6 for me. Well, I'll bounce off you there because he's also my number six, and he fell for me. I was the high guy on him. He was at four for me. Took a little bit of a tumble, but I don't think that's necessarily to do. Look, I said it on the podcast as it was happening. Whoever goes to the Ravens, we're all going to, there's going to be a receiver we all like that goes to the Ravens and it's going to hurt their ceiling. That ended up being Rashad and I didn't fade him. I didn't care. I said, you know, Rashad, I'm too high on you to fade you. And I knew I should have. But that being said, I do think he's going to emerge. I mean, I think he's a better receiver than Hollywood Brown. Uh, definitely in PPR, I'd rather have him, uh, which is all I play. So uh, I'd rather have Rashad Bateman than Hollywood, you know, at this point. So he's still, and he's still somebody that I think has a lot of upside to unlock. Um, you know, there might be as, as Lamar gets a little bit older, he might lean on the rush a little bit less and lean on the pass a little bit more. And, uh, you know, like Micah said, uh, Rashad kind of emerges the chain mover this year. Uh, so if he can get a little bit more touchdowns and of course he got a slow start to the season, but if he can sustain what he did at the end of the season across a season, he's going to be one of these guys. I think that's a consistent, you know, 12 to 15 points, kind of like a Jarvis Landry was for a lot of years where he wasn't necessarily scoring any 30, 40 point games, but you could always depend on him for a solid score. I kind of think that's how I'm viewing uh, Rashad Bateman. And those kind of guys are super valuable to have, um, you know, consistency is just as valuable as, you know, finish ranks and finishing rankings sometimes. So uh, Rashad Bateman, number six, but it's still, still a, a very good receiver to have. Mike, is something you want to say? Yes. I forgot to mention it. When we are talking about Rashad Bateman, but all like any like doubts about Lamar not lasting are gone because I don't know if y'all saw Tom Brady's Instagram, but he put up a picture of him and Lamar and said, you're next. He has been past whatever, like, you know, maybe it's some like thing that goes inside his body or whatever that kept Brady going. Lamar's next. So Lamar's last until his forties. So it's a good sign. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. He has the blessing of Brady. All right. So yep. uh, Nate, who do you got at number six? Yeah. His body ain't making it that long, but the guy whose body his was still body. has plenty of miles left is Kadarius Tony. Uh, yeah. And his body took a bang in this year. I mean, it was an injury plagued rookie year. We'll just go ahead and talk about that. Uh, it suffered like bad COVID symptoms, took him a while to get back. So he missed a lot of time during training camp, missed most of it actually. And because that got off to a slow start, but uh, he played well in week four against the Saints and then just exploded against the Cowboys. He didn't even get a touchdown, but he had almost 30 points. He had 13 targets, 10 receptions, 196 total yards. Uh, yeah, just uh, one of the better games we saw from any rookie this year. So, but, uh, you know, after, you know, the next week and week six, he pulled a hammy 
uh, tried to play through it for a few weeks, but missed uh, six of his final seven games with like quad injury, shoulder injury. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of that comes down to just not having a normal preseason, not having the training camp to get your body adjusted to the NFL and him suffering from like lasting effects from COVID. And like he got a slow start from that as well. So uh, I, I don't think this is going to be the norm for him, but it is a concern. That's why he's like down below some of these other guys like Amon Ra. But he is like, you know, a higher risk, higher reward type of player where he's like he has the talent to be like number two in this class, I think. But uh, we will just have to see it for more games. But when he was on the field, he was incredibly effective. And yeah, I or at least when he was on the field healthy and uh, Sterling Shepard is out injured or at least going to start out injured. And Galladay is probably going to get cut in 2023. So I think he's going to get cut after getting paid all that money. In 2023, yes, because oh, I looked, okay. I looked at his contract. He his dead cap this next year would be like 24 million, but then it drops to like somewhere around 10 million or something the next year. Right. So I didn't, I didn't register that you said 2023, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's definitely possible. Uh, what's or what if what if Kenny Galladay turns it around and becomes a wide receiver one? No, because I am convinced Stafford made that man look passable. Stafford made him look so much better than he was. And I won't believe until I see otherwise. Yeah, you know, he was plagued with injury this year, but when he was on the field, it wasn't great. But anyways, uh, I'll go ahead and move on to number seven. I also have Kadarius Tony here at seven, so still the low guy, but only barely. Um, He did move up my rankings, um, and it was really close with a couple of these other guys for me, but that upside just can't, can't be matched by anybody else that's remaining on this list. Um, you know, I do think that Dayball is is a good uh, good hire for him, but it was just a comedy of errors as far as missing training camp because he didn't like his shoes, and then he got COVID, and then he you know had a okay. bunch of injuries, multiple injuries moving throughout, and he had a couple of uh, you know some of them were fun, like you know he had Daniel Jones's back, and you know he's a he's a very much a character, but. Um, you know, uh, he did have some, some He's a wild personality, man. Yes. Very wild personality. That's a good way to put it. So, you know, that can sometimes result in some craziness, you know, a la AB. Uh, I don't think he's an AB. He shaves of, his eyebrows. Yeah. You know, uh, and so, so he can run faster. That's why he shaves them. Yeah. He's definitely. <laughs> he might have, he might have he a excuse and, 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 you know, obviously, uh, he, he's only been playing wide receiver for still two years now. So, um, I think that also had a little bit to do with, you know, getting hit the way he was getting hit despite coming from the sec, you know, transition to the NFL is just a little bit different. That being said, I do think he, he's super divisive, man. Like I think there's people that'll give you like the one Oh five, one Oh six him, And then there's people that wouldn't give a first round pick for him, you know? So it's just, uh, I think he's, if you have them, I think because of that divisiveness, it is just worth seeing like, all right, who's the, who's the guy like Micah who has him ranked as his number four receiver that, you know, I can really get some value from, but you know, otherwise I'm happy to keep them. I have them on a team or two and uh, you know, definitely a super high upside piece that just needs to stay healthy and uh, not worry about his shoes and other thing off the field. You Tweeting know. about Henry Ruggs and whatever else. Right. You know, all that stuff. But, Micah, uh, what do you say? But have you heard Codeine Dreamin'? Like, dude, it's, he, honestly, his songs aren't that 
terrible. This good. <laughs> this good for an athlete. Like, so I haven't. I haven't. I did not know he's yet. one of the better player rappers I've listened he's, to. I'll I mean, say that. He's, he's I'm going to have to try it out. I'm going to have to Please give check him out. Everyone check <laughs> him out. Young Joker. That's his name. Yeah. 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 I do just want to add that I do still have Florida Gator bias for him. So. You know, not not exactly. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is kind of you know. Yeah, he's on the Falcons. It erases that. But, I don't care about the Giants. Yeah, here's the thing: anybody that can hurt the Georgia defense the way those two did, you're a damn good player. Yeah. I don't care what nope. color you're. Hey, but that doesn't mean I have to root for you. That's, uh, that's fair, but you got to rank them. <laughs> right, well, there he is. Well, all right. Who do you got number seven, Micah? Um. So at number seven, I have Amon Ross St. Brown. Um. Uh, like I said, three through eight for me is really close, and. Um, it felt a little weird putting him at seven, but um, this is where he lands. Um, one thing I think might have what knocked him down was just the fact that he did this when there was no one around. So he was just getting like most of the targets and he was just consistently, you know, getting like 11, 12 targets like down the stretch of the season, and especially once TJ Hawkinson got put out. But he looked very, very good, and that is why he put up these numbers. So, even though there was no one out there and he was the main option, he had David Blau throw into – is it David Blau? David Blau. Blau. So, um, but one of those games was against the piss-poor Atlanta Falcons defense. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, dude, um, he looked very good this year, and they're going to probably add another receiver. Hawkinson will be back. Golf didn't look that bad the last, you know, three, four weeks. Uh, maybe they, you know, swing and get Malik Willis, and then they can just run like a very powerful offense up there in Detroit. So we'll see what the quarterback situation ends up there. Who knows? Maybe they're still like a cursed franchise. Maybe they get their Joe Burrow, and you know, Amon Ra is like way up into like the top three for us. So he's got potential, and I like him. So, like I said, it feels dirty putting him at seven, but that's where I got him. He's got more than potential. I have not considered <laughs> Malik Willis to Detroit, but I like that because they have that late first-round pick. And Dan um, Campbell and was just, sip, like, gobbling over sip. him the last couple of days. Yeah, and he can sit behind Goff. Goff will start this next year, and if Goff falls mm-hmm. apart, he can come in and, you know, lead him to another high first-round first, first round draft pick next or, year. Or Jared Goff could be their David Green, and Malik Willis could be their DJ Shockley. Most of our like listeners that. won't get that reference, but I, yeah, I don't like that as much. But anyways, <laughs> Nate, who do you got number seven? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's Rondell Moore. Uh, this was really close between him and my n- number eight, who I'll go ahead and say is just Rashad Bateman. Uh, very close between those two. I just like the situation of Rondell better. And I like the upside he provides better. Uh, you know, AJ Green and Christian Kirk are both going to be free agents. And, you know, I think Green might return. I, I think Kirk is gone. So I, I only see Rondale's usage in this offense increasing from here. And uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he was pretty good this year. I mean, he had 54 receptions, 435 yards, uh, and one touchdown. Uh, the one area where he, he has a couple areas to improve, but the one of the main ones is he had three fumbles. And that may not sound like an incredible amount, but when you're only touching the ball as much as he is, like he had one fumble every 24 touches, which is too damn high. So he needs to work on ball security, get better, because they're not going to give him the ball if he keeps doing that. Um, But I also think he's kind of limited to playing in the slot. 
but he's an explosive guy who can get a lot of yards after catch. So, um, so yeah, I'll take him at number seven for the upside in the situation here. All right. Well, you already kind of teased your number eight there, and we're moving on to number eight. So, yes. Go ahead and give your thoughts on Bateman, too. Rashad Bateman. He was actually a little bit better than Rondale Moore as far as points per game goes, but uh, he also had a lot less competition for touches, and that's not uh, changing as much as Moore's situation. But he was good this year. Uh, he was a guy I liked coming out of college. Didn't like his landing spot as much, but, uh, you know, part of that too is Lamar got hurt this year and uh, that didn't help his cause at all. But, you know, he, and he also missed the first five games and Lamar was healthy during that span. And uh, when he was playing the final four games, Lamar wasn't there. Um, But even with Lamar not there, he had two of his best games in that span. So he's shown that he's not dependent on that. And I do agree that, I mean, if you look at it statistically, all dual threat quarterbacks, as they age, they run less like their yards per uh, their rushing yards per year goes down, you know, as their career continues. So I think that's going to happen to Lamar just as he gets older. And I think that's why they brought in these receiving weapons. So, um, yeah, I I like Rashad Bateman, but he he just doesn't quite have the upside of some of these other guys. Oh, yeah. Well, why did Brady have his second most rushing yards ever this year? Because, man, I don't know. No, he's not. He a doesn't play wide receiver. He's not a Russian quarterback. No, you were just saying quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, obviously, it was like 50. Not, not a high bar to beat either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. But anyways, no, you're right. You're right for sure. Um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that is uh, your number eight, seven and eight, uh, Rondell Moore and Rashad Bateman. So I have Rondell Moore number eight. And honestly, I was really tempted to put him over Kadarius Tony. I thought you guys might have thrown a fit if I did. But I do agree with no you, worries, Nate, uh, just projecting forward. I can see things opening up a little bit more, you know, as far as Kirk's going. Uh, AJ Green might not be back. Look, Hopkins has not been able to stay on the field the past two years. He's, he's struggled with injury. So it looks like Ronda Moore, they might end up drafting another guy as well, but uh, Ronda Moore is going to have to be dependent on. Now here's one thing I don't like about Ronda Moore. He had the absolute lowest for, for receivers that got uh, over 40 targets. He had the loaded lowest a dot uh, that is average depth of target. I think it was two mm-hmm. yards or somewhere near two yards, like two point something. That's bad. So he can do a lot after the catch, and that's fantastic. But when you're, you know, for fantasy purposes, if every catch you're getting, you know, you're only getting two yards guaranteed, and then he has to make the rest of it happen, you know, that's not the best outcome for fantasy. And here's what that tells you. It it tells you if he was getting only two air yards per reception, he was averaging 8.1 yards per reception. So that means – each play, each time he gets the ball, only 25% of the yards he gets on that play is coming with the ball in the air. He has to create the rest. So, yeah, that needs to improve. Right. And, again, that's, in one hand, something, you know, positive to say about his talent, but also negative to say about how they're using him. Mm. So, uh, that is one reason why he did take a little bit of a dip. Also, somebody like Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, I don't have to project who's going to leave, what who, what spot they're going to fill. I know they're going to be a dependable target on that offense moving forward. So, mm-hmm. that's my reason for dropping them a little bit. That being said, I just traded Rashad Bateman for Ronda Moore and the 201. So, you know, I think uh, those kind of moves are perfectly okay. I'm all right to drop down, you know, two spots here. 
uh, well, I mean, you know, it might be a little bit more spots in overall rankings, but you know, to, to gain a, a pick like the two Oh one. And, uh, you know, if you can make moves like that, that I don't think that that's, uh, there's going to be that much difference in Rondo Moore and Rashad Bateman, uh, you know, provided they're both healthy. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I still think he's a very valuable piece to have on your fantasy team moving forward. So, uh, from here is where the teardrop kind of happens, but let's let Micah talk about his number eight first. My number eight is still included with the rest of the guys, and that is Rondale Moore, and what you just spoke about. And you know what gives me the most hope about Rondale, and why I think he's still kind of grouped in with these guys? What I saw the 49ers do with Debo Samuel and the Atlanta Falcons do with Cordell Patterson makes me feel like they're going to be a lot more teams because it's a copycat league trying to use some wide receiver running back hybrid. And with, you know, how, you know, he's a much smaller player. I could see them doing a lot of places. Cause dude, when they snap the ball, you can, how are you going to see him or Kyler? <laughs> like if they run like a read option with the both of them. Um, but he also gets his, um, you know, such short target distance because they always like run little tiny like screens or um, whatnot. And that he can try to break something. So hopefully they kind of like scheme even more stuff for him, especially since Christian Kirk is more likely going to be leaving like we all think. So um uh, like I, how do I put it with Rondale? I, he's not going to be Tyreek Hill's level, but he has still that talent to be that type of player in the league. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with with everything you said there. So, um, so yeah, so let's move on. Uh, for me, yeah, after this number eight, this is kind of where the teardrop yeah, happens. This is when it goes. Um, but there's still some guys that I, uh, you know, even if they didn't do it year one, that doesn't mean they're not going to do it at all. And you still want to hold on to these guys. You still want to trade for these guys. And I really think there's some diamonds in the rough in the, in the last couple guys we're going to name here. So Nate, why don't you kick that off with your number nine? I will start this off with Mr. Josh Palmer for the chargers. Uh, yeah, I, I think he was above all the rest of these rookies as far as where he finished on the season. Uh, you know, I, I like his size. I love his offense. I love his quarterback. And, you know, if he can have a role that grows there, uh, I you know, this is slimmer pickings down here because I agree this is a pretty big teardrop talking from number eight. But, yeah, I think Josh Palmer has some upside. And, you know, if Keenan Allen – you know, leaves or retires or at some point, or, you know, if, you know, whatever happens, if he can become the number two and show out, then uh, he, he has a really good upside chance. So uh, I'll take him at number nine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, that's, that's not my number nine, but uh, I, I do think he's very uh, worthy of, of that ranking. Certainly uh, Nico Collins is my number nine. Um, you know, I think he really showed that he's going to be a very capable number two behind Brandon cooks. And, you know, I don't know how much longer Brandon cooks career is going to last. He's getting up there in age. He's had concussion problems. That being said, you know, he was a fantastic receiver this year, but Nico Collins, especially at the end of the year really came on and Davis mills showed, you know, that he's willing to trust him, hitting him on a lot of third down chain moving kind of plays. And, uh, you know, I, I think Nico, uh, you know, looking forward on the Houston Texans. We'll see what exactly what the Houston Texans do because they're still very much going to be in a rebuilding 
mode and phase this year, but, you know, we'll see what they can do moving forward. And, you know, Nico might be held down just by the nature of his team, but I, you know, it could turn around fast and who knows what's going to happen. Um, you know, as of right now, Brian Flores is still listed as a finalist uh, for, for the head coaching and uh, as a head coach and as the Texans, I doubt that's going to happen. Wouldn't uh, hold my breath. Yeah, but, but who knows? There's a, a lot of things that could happen. You know, obviously he wanted Deshaun Watson. So that would, you know, before all this lawsuit stuff, that was kind of a behind the scenes storyline going on. What if Deshaun stayed with the Texans if Flores is there? But then look like that's going to be a thing anymore. But anyways, Nico Collins, I do think um, what he showed me this year gives me enough faith that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big time buy. You can probably maybe send a third round pick or something. I'd be happy to do that in every single league for Nico Collins. Uh, but uh, what about you, Micah? Who do you got number nine? I have the same number nine as one of you. It's Nathan. <laughs> I got Josh Palmer as well. Uh, yeah, no, um, dude. I mean, Justin Herbert's his quarterback, and I think Mike Williams is probably leaving. Like Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. Like he's just in such a beautiful situation on that team. And the Chargers are cursed, so they're going to be in shootouts all the fucking time. So, Josh Palmer, I like I like him. I agree with you, Nathan. All right, well, I'll bounce right off, starting off with my number 10. It is Josh, Josh Palmer. Um, you know, I think him and Nico Collins are really close. I agree with you. Maybe I should give him the nod just because of his quarterback situation. I'm kind of assuming that Mike Williams is going to get re-signed. Uh, you know, I, I think they would be wise to do that. Um, yeah, I know he has a very, has had a very up and down career, especially for a guy that was drafted, I think number eight overall. But, um, that being said, you know, he really, really showed with him and Keenan Allen on the field. It's just pretty much impossible to stop both of them. And Josh Palmer definitely came on and added was a tremendous compliment to that. If, 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 uh, Mike Williams did leave, I think Josh Palmer rockets up. And I think that upside is another reason why, you know, he's a, he's a great buy right now. You can probably get him as a throw in piece, you know, in a trade that you would accept anyways, and just get the guy to throw him in. And he's probably not thinking much of it. And, you know, boom, you might have Justin Herbert's second receiving option next year. So uh, definitely a, a risk I'm willing to take. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good pick on y'all. But he is my number 10, falling right behind Nico Collins. Who's your number 10, Nate? Yeah, I also had Nico Collins here. Uh, he he did okay this year. I was expecting him to do better, just given the lack of competition aside from Brandon Cooks on that offense. So I do think he's at risk of getting drafted over and or having free agents brought in and, you know, being lower on the totem pole in future years. But I have to put him here because in case that doesn't happen, he offers you, you know, a lot of potential if he's a regular, you know, wide receiver two or even three for that offense because we're getting to the point where a starting wide receiver is, is good at this point. So, um, so, yeah, Nico Collins comes in at number 10 for me. All right. Yeah. And, you know, I guess when you said you were expecting him to do better, I was kind of tilted my head because I was like, it's the Texans. But no, I agree. You know, it was just Brandon Cooks and him, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I do I do see what you're saying. But, you know, it was basically among the worst offenses in the league for the most part outside of a couple really awesome Davis Mills games. So maybe if they can just become a better offense overall, you know, the, the, the rising tide will lift all boats for Nico Collins. But uh, all right, Micah, who do you have number 10? I almost had Nico Collins at number 10, 
he got edged out from a guy that I still hold out and have hope for. Um, it is Mr. Diami Brown is still not going to fall out my top 10 just yet. Cause here's the thing. The Washington commanders are going to be getting rid of Taylor Stetson Bennett Heineke, and they're going to have a much better quarterback this next year. And he's going to have be the opposite of scary Terry. Who's going to get a lot of looks and, you know, Logan Thomas coming back and John Bates. So I think that he could really flourish in that offense. And he had flashes throughout like the preseason and the season. He didn't do much, but he did like look good when he did do stuff. So he just didn't get a lot of playing time. And I think this, this Washington offense could be good this year with a new quarterback. So Donnie Brown is going to be my number 10. I'm going to trust my pre-draft um, analysis on this one. Yeah, I I'm, I was a little confused with him this year. You know, Micah or Nate mentioned earlier with Nico Collins, him not getting targets. After Curtis Samuel was pretty much a non-factor, I definitely expected him to grow into a role as the season progressed, and it didn't really happen. He's my number 11, so that's why I'm going ahead and getting into it. But, um, you know, I, I think he still has the talent. Hopefully they can get a quarterback. Maybe they'll draft Stetson Bennett. And he'll be their new quarterback. To no, no, actually, I think, you know, the, this is a pretty appealing situation for, you know, a, a rookie. And I think a rookie quarterback will get drafted with their first round pick here, whether it's Pickett, Corral, um, Sam Howell, one of those guys. I mean, who knows? Maybe Malik even Willis. Malik Willis. So, uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot, lot to a uh, lot of upside that can happen there with De'Ami Brown. He's my number 11. Nate, who do you got? Uh, yes, I agree. I also have Deami Brown at number 11. Nice. Um, had him at, I believe, number nine uh, after the draft last year. And I do like this guy as a deep threat. I think he's better for you if you play, like, best ball leagues because I do think yeah, he could be, like, a very, very poor man's version of, like, Tyler Lockett where he gives you some boom games, some really big, long touchdowns. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a longer shot, but I do like his upside and his big playability. And he just like, he's a raw prospect. So it's not surprising that he didn't have a great first year. He's got a lot of route running development to do, but he's an athletic guy. And that's why he, uh, he's still clinging on at number 11 here. All right. Yeah. And you know, the, the pickings are getting a little bit slim now. I mean, not that you don't want these guys. I'm still happy to have them on my roster, but you know, definitely less um, valuable than, you know, the top, you know, five through eight guys, maybe even nine. But uh, anyways, who do you got uh, at 11, Micah? Uh, I got Nico Collins. So he looked good. Davis Mills looked good. So he he should – hopefully they have the same connection that they had this year. And um, so – I will be interested to see if Brandon Cook stays with the team or if they decide to trade him and they try to meet Nico Collins the number one or what they do down there in Houston. So that's something just to keep an eye on. But um, no, Nico looked good. I like him. It's, if he hadn't sat out in 2020, he probably would have been more on our pre-draft stuff, but he can show it in the league. Definitely. Yep, yep. Um, all right, well, let's close it out, guys. Our number 12 I'm still holding on hope to the guy that I had ranked as my number five. <laughs> yeah, here we go. We agree. <laughs> it is Lakeview Terrace, baby. Like, you know, 
just a tragic, tragic season for him. You know, we, we were so excited because he was going to his college offensive coordinator, uh, you know, in Joe Brady and then Joe Brady got axed in the middle of the season. And even before that happened, he's getting declared inactive without an injury. Um, you know, uh, Robbie Anderson, despite doing almost nothing was consistently getting play over him. He did have a stretch in the middle of the year where he was a little bit more involved. I think he caught a touchdown or two. Um, but you know, I still think what I saw on film and, you know, um, obviously with him being the third receiver in a Jamar chase, uh, and Justin Jefferson, you know, receiving core, he's gonna kind of get looked down on at this point, but, I still think uh, he's really good. I heard a comparison the other day that I really liked. It's, uh, you know, uh, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, Garrett Wilson. They're the, they're the next, and maybe not to the quite to the same degree, but the Jamar Chase, like J- Jackson Smith and Jigba is Jamar Chase. Uh, Garrett Wilson is uh, Justin Jefferson and Olave is... Uh, is terrible. Oh, don't you dare insult Chris Olave that way. Well, look, the, the, the prospect. I'm not saying what, what he did in his first year. I, I, I get what you mean. No, like, as a prospect, yeah, don't you I, dare I, I see, insult that no, man. Harris Marshall was a good was a good college player. No, he wasn't. Yes, <laughs> he, he, was. he was. He was. I mean, but but anyways, no, it's it's fine. You know, I mean, he had a, a weird year with the COVID year, um, uh, and you know, clearly he had some things he needed to work on. But I do think. Hopefully, we don't know what the – I'd say the, the Panthers are one of the most influx organizations I can think of right now. So trash I don't franchise. know what they're going to do, but I do still have Terrace Marshall at 12. So who do you have at 12, Nate? Uh, I can't get on me too much. You have him all the way down at 12. So I was expecting him to be in your top 10, so good on you. Um, but he did average a whopping two and a half points per game this year yeah uh and that is why i had i had to go with the guy who did slightly better and got 2.9 points per game this year (laughs) and that's mr Dwayne eskridge so i know josiah can't be mad at this one um but (laughs) i like eskridge better than terrace marshall this was kind of between those two for the spot um but eskridge not only did a little bit better in this year but also i think he's tied to a much better situation i do think russell wilson's going to be staying in uh you know for mm-hmm. seattle at least for one more year I think so. but uh yeah i mean he, he didn't have rust for a good span there and he yeah he's in a better situation and i'm not a big terrace marshall fan um so yeah there, there you have it i almost he's my number 13 we, we weren't going to go that far but i almost had him edge out marshall i just I had to go with my preseason, you know, and look, I was the only guy that had it. The reason why you said I couldn't be, I, I was the joint Eskridge pusher on this show. I was the only guy that had him in my rankings. Uh, and look, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, he has a former teammate that is a wide receiver coming out that I'm pretty excited about as well. I mean, he's probably going to be ranked around a similar place, but, uh, but, but yeah, they're, they're, they're pushing out uh, the receivers out there at those small schools and uh uh, I think it's Western Kentucky. Is that is that where he played? Uh, one of those some some crazy school. Uh, well, if you want, you guys want to those that. wackadoos over there. Yeah, it's Western something. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, good 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 receiver. Uh, I almost had him, and I'm mad that you had him over me, and now I don't feel like the Dwayne Eskridge high guy anymore. You, you you see you you put your you painted yourself in a corner. You had to yeah. choose between Marshall and Eskridge. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
it was a, it's a tough place to be. Well, anyways, uh, maybe you'll break the tie for us, uh, Micah. Maybe you won't, but close us out. Who do you got number 12? I do not have Dwayne Eskridge at number 12, but he went to Western Michigan, and Western so, Michigan. Did Corey, so did Corey Davis, and so did Antonio Brown. So is Sky Moore coming out of this class, Sky Moore. And Sky Moore, yep. So, um, but you know, he's my 13, so he just missed the list. Terrace Marshall's still my 12. Um, yeah, dude, he didn't look good when he was out there, but also that offense kind of sucked. But nonetheless, like he didn't show any flashes, and that's why like Diami and Nico were ahead of him for me, and he wasn't in my top 10. Was he just didn't flash anything for me? And I at least want to see that if you're not gonna put a lot out there. So he lands all the way down to 12, and we'll see if he can turn it around, but didn't look too good. I'll say this for him. His problem is more mental than physical. If he can yeah. become more aggressive and, like, act like he gives a damn, he could definitely rise up this list. But at least the reason I had him low was when I watched him in college, he just, like, did not like contact, and he did not like going over the middle and getting hit. And that's kind of the role he needs to play in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think he definitely has some growth to do, but he definitely has the raw ability and, uh, you know, talent to do it. Um, but we'll, we'll see if the if the Carolina Panthers even get a competent, you know, person to throw the ball this year. Um, yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. But Unless anyways, guys, thanks for rocking with us through this episode. We appreciate it a lot. Um, you know, I know we have a, we've had a couple of new listeners, so thank you guys so much. Uh, we're, we're happy to, uh, you know, be building the empire here in our second year here at the fantasy football dogs. Uh, please be sure to hit the bell on Spotify or just like, or subscribe. Uh, you can also rate us, um, give us, you know, them five-star ratings. Uh, that would be much appreciated. Uh, next week, I think we're going to do a think It's a five-star. You can give it a four. That's completely fine. But anything less is a travesty. Anything else, just don't. <laughs> just, yes. just keep your opinion. Those are your two options. <laughs> but anyways, no, um, we appreciate y'all. Uh, next week, we're going to do a little bit of a Super Bowl preview. And I think we're going to do like a trade show. Trade special is going to do some yeah. buy highs, yeah. buy lows. We're going to do some some buy lows and sell highs. And Wait, did I no. say the same thing? Sell lows and buy highs. Everyone does the opposite. Uh, yes. And we're also going to talk about, I want to talk about some trades we've all personally made recently and kind of go through and our own. some we might make. Yeah, maybe some we have in week. mind. Yeah, we're just going to kind of talk about a dynasty trade episode. Um, you know, we're, we're painting the schedule a little bit. Uh, we might take a week off or two. Uh, waiting for the combine. We are 100% sure. We haven't mapped that out completely after that. But uh, either way, shortly after that, we're going to be jumping into uh, 2022 rookies, which I know everybody is excited about. Uh, we do want to wait for the combine before we make our official rankings uh, on those guys. We do have some tentative, at least I have some tentative rankings, but uh, definitely always want to give you the most informed uh, information we can. So um, that being said, uh, we will we will figure out exactly what we're going to do next week. Again, it's going to be a trade special and, of course, the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sure we'll also have some coaching news to cover and who knows, maybe there'll be a whole new scandal, but uh, any guys, anything else you guys want to add? I just have a personal message to one of our longtime listeners, Mr. ASAP Mo. Do you remember that time that you traded Joe Burrow for Devante Smith? Cause Pepperidge farm. Oh yeah. my God. I fall. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah. Sure. 
I love you, buddy. Just had to bring that up. Yeah, gotta, gotta live and learn. But uh, you know, hopefully Devontae Smith will, will, will at least do well enough to where it makes it feel a little bit better in the coming years. But um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Anything else to add, Micah? Um, I've talked to you two about it, but I say we do some Super Bowl prop bets next week since we're gonna be covering the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm down for that. Yeah, All for right. sure. We call it like yeah. a couple. That's not something yeah. we've done before, but definitely we can we can we can squeeze those in, figure that out. Um, you know, definitely make our picks. Talk about how the game's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think we all picked the Chiefs, and we're all wrong. So maybe we no, can. No, Nathan uh... picked the Bucks. Oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, good, Nathan good memory then. Yeah, good. All right, well, at least one of us. I didn't that. even remember myself. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, he was like, yeah, <laughs> the look on your face, I could tell after I started saying it. I was like, "Damn, I don't do what I was saying." I was like, yeah, good well, shit. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> That's funny. Well, uh, well, all right, guys, uh, we appreciate you for Nate and Micah. This is Josiah. Fantasy Dogs out. Peace. Baba Booey, Baba Booey.